Well, there you go. <laughs> Man, isn't it amazing in that study? At first it seemed like they always made circles to the right. You know, and then that last study, when the guy got in the blindfold, I didn't know how that illustration was going to end. They asked a, blind, a blindfolded guy to drive a car, you know. But then it always ended up making circles, often to the right. When you were watching that, didn't it feel like uh, you, uh, that you have seen yourself many times in life do that? All of a sudden you're going through life and you feel like you're just repeating things? You're like, hey, I, I told myself I would never, ever eat at Hardee's again. You know, or I would never do X again, or I would never say whatever again. And all of a sudden, you find yourself right back there again. No, no matter how hard you try. Here's the truth, and it's pretty obvious from, from the video. When our gaze is not fixed on an unmoving, uh, unchanging point, it's impossible it's impossible to walk in, in a straight line. This morning, most, most of you in this room, you're Christians, man, and you're striving to a goal. You're, you're striving to a goal. You're, you're going to this destination who, who is unchanging. He, he, he doesn't move. He is fixed, and the path is, is straight and narrow. So our job is to, to keep our gaze fixed on Jesus. That, that's our, our goal. But yesterday morning, this morning, tomorrow morning, a week from now, is to keep our gaze fixed on Him. And that, that really should be the goal of every day. Or we're going to find ourselves in this. Just walking in circles, repeating things that we said we, we'd never do again. And the, important, the reason this is important is because we have a race to run. Man, we have a race to run. If you look through Scripture, you'll see running is a theme. I wish he'd have used a different theme than running. But running is a theme. And, and more specifically, you'll see a couple of times in Scripture where it's running a, a race. Well, if believers are called to, to run what, a race, and listen, each and every single one of us, if we're a believer, we're called to, to run this race. Well, then that means we got to have a life of, of discipline. One that's full of endurance and, and with our eyes focused on, on Christ who is our endurance and, and our hope. Now the Bible talks more specifically about this in Hebrews. Hebrews 12.1. It says this. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Man, let's strip off every weight that slows us down. Smart. That's what a, a runner does. Especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. I love this fact, this huge crowd of witnesses. Now, he's really speaking to this group of people in Hebrews 11. He's talking about Noah. He's talking about Moses. He's talking about these great people of faith, some with names, some without names, some who saw God do mighty things. Some of these people were like sawed in half. We've got this great cloud of witnesses. I, I mean, live your day knowing this. You've got great cloud of witnesses, man. They're, they're cheering you on. They're supporting you. They're testifying to us, hey, it's worth it. But he also refers to us. He refers to, to each of us. We're, we're also in, included in this. Thousands of people, millions of people that lived thousands of years ago, but also us today. Therefore, let us, let us run with endurance. We've got this incredible crowd. We've got, we got each other. And if that's true, and it is, then let us run with endurance this, this race that's set before us. 
This is something that, that we must do together. Now, we're already surrounded by this crowd of witnesses. We've got this incredible heritage of faith. And I can't help but think about Peter and Moses and, and Noah. I, I think about people that, that you and I have known that have gone on to be with the Lord. I mean, think about this. These people that your grandfathers, your friends, maybe your parents, maybe, maybe siblings or, or great friends or, or church leaders. Man, they've gone on before you. And now they're cheering you on. They're testifying, hey, it's worth it. But also, too, there's this exhortation. I mean, hey, let's do this together. Let us choose to run this race together. So here's what we must do. We've got to find runners committed to the race. Now, I'm going to ask you an honest question. And you can't lie because you're in church. How many of you enjoy running? You enjoy running? One, two, three. Keep your hands up. God wants to see all these. Six. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. There's so many more fun things you could be doing. Running is literally every sport's punishment. You're late to practice? What do you do? Yeah. You drop the ball? You know, bad attitude? Good practice? Doesn't matter. Run. Running for exercise. If I'm running, I, I, I've, there's times in my life I've, I've ran, okay? And nobody was chasing me. There's times in my life I've ran. I'm not doing that right now. I'm, it's not because I, I have chosen not to. I'll be honest with you. I've been told to and I've chosen not to. But if I'm running alone, then I'm not running long. I, can, I always was able to run further if somebody was running with me. And if I choose to run, I need a fellow runner. Put a friend beside me, and it's amazing how much further I can run. We got a good bit of men going through our, our Better Man studies. It's a, it's a small group for men. And they give the illustration about... Uh, the world record weight a single horse could pull. The horse that came in first, he pulled 4,100 pounds by himself. The, the second place horse came in, and he was able to pull 4,000 pounds by himself. But together, they didn't pull 8,100 pounds. Man, together, they were able, they were able to pull 12,000 pounds. So much stronger together. Matter of fact, three times more than they could do on their own. And together... As we're running this race, as we have our eyes fixed on Jesus, man, we can do it so much better together. And that's why it's so important to, to get into a growth group or, or, or get into a step study or, or, or get into an accountability group to say, hey, hey, will you run this race with me together? So you've got to be committed to run together. But then he says this, let's, let's throw off any weight Man, let's throw off any weight that slows us down, especially the sin that trips us up. I know the sin that trips me up. You know the sin that trips you up. If you don't, I'm going to ask you to do something that's scary. If you don't, Give permission to your fellow runners to point it out to you. I know that's scary. 
But I want to tell you this. Honestly, they already see it. Chances are, they, they already know it. And they still love you. They, they still choose to, to be in your life. They still choose to, to run with you. So if you don't know what it is, if, if you want to know, hey, would you examine my life? Would you look at me, see how I interact with other people? See, see what, the way my life is being lived? Check out my attitudes? Hey, would you speak to me? Tell me where I'm messing up. The other day in the pastor's meeting, we, we do a, a check-in. And uh, so we just go around the table, and it may take an hour for all of us to just check in. How you doing? How you doing? You know, we just take turns, and we, we go through it. And Anyway, I, I got to the end of it, and I said, hey, guys, I, I'm just I'm not feeling it. I'm just not feeling it. And, you know, I, I've got to do something here later, and I, I'm just not feeling it. I mean, if y'all would like, if y'all could help me out with it, thinking they would text me individually or call me. No, they just, right there and then, in a very loving way. So, Scott, this is what's going on. This is what's going on. And you need people in your life that will talk to you about it, that, that, that will love you enough to say, hey, this is what's tripping you up. So identify it, man. Reveal it to one another. Uh, confess it. Throw it off. Turn from it. Flee it. And keep running. You know, get that weight. Get that sin. And keep running. And then... Let us run with endurance. Endurance. This implies, and I want you to understand this. This, this, is, this implies tranquility of mind as you face all sorts of evils and hardships. That sounds like people on Zyrtec, doesn't it? This tranquility of mind... As you face all types of evils and hardships. This is not just pushing through. Man, this is a supernatural ability given to believers. That you're going to have tranquility of mind. Hey, this is, this is tempting. Or, or this is horrible. This evil that's taken place. But you know what? I trust Jesus. I've got my eyes fixed on Jesus. Hardship. I'm going through the, one of the roughest times in my life. But I'm going to have tranquility of mind because I trust Jesus. Man, that, that's waking up every day, you know, and I say, hey, I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus. I, I, Holy Spirit, I'm going to pray for you to fill me, amaze me with what you do today. And sometimes that is just having tranquility of mind as you walk through the day, it's not natural. And it's only for believers. So now, let's think about what we've done. We found other runners. We, we, we're throwing off the sin. Man, we're, we're going to run with endurance. So, so how do we do that? Verse 2. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. The champion who initiates and, and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him. Listen, he endured the cross. He endured the cross. Tranquility of mind as he knew what he was going to face. And as he faced it, disregarding its shame. Now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary 
and give up. If you've ever been running, and you're by yourself running, it is so easy to just give up and walk. Man, it is just so easy to say, you know what, this has been enough. It's so easy not, not, not to push through. In the race that we're called to run, and every believer is called to run this, Jesus is our enduring hope. Understand that Jesus is our enduring hope. Realizing Jesus to be the one who both initiates and, and then perfects our faith, that places our need for endurance. It's all on Him. And listen, that's what He wants. He didn't want you to muster up the strength in your own. He wants you to look to Him for the endurance that we need. We fix our eyes on Jesus, realizing Him to be the initiator of our faith, the, the perfecter of our faith. And think about all that He's already done for you. Think about all that He has already done so you don't become weary and, and give up. He is our source of endurance. He, he is our hope that endures. And so we must fix our eyes on Him. We, we must turn to Him. And when you throw off that sin that so easily entangles and to keep then running the race... That's called repentance. Man, that's called repentance. That, that's turning from the sin, but it's also turning to Jesus. We can't just turn away from the sin or we'll just pick up another one. We'll just go a, a, another circle with a, a different destination. Man, we must fix our eyes on Jesus. Turn to Him. Or again, we're going to run in circles. Dane Ortland said this in his book, Deeper. Repentance that does not turn to Jesus... It's not real repentance. It's really just an admission that I don't need to be doing this. And this is wrong. And maybe you go a day or two days or a week or whatever it may be. But if it doesn't turn to Jesus, then that's not repentance. Barbara Miller Giuliani said this. The devil can be pretty tricky. He doesn't mind you thinking much about repentance and faith if you do not think about Jesus. And she ends it with, seek Christ. Fix your eyes on Christ so that you won't become weary and give up. I can't help but think that this morning in this room and, and those online, you're here because you are weary. Man, and you, you're here because you, know, you felt like giving up this week. No, fix your eyes on Him. He, he's our source of en endurance. You, you come into church this morning. Is a way you, you place your eyes back on Jesus. You believe that Jesus can, can change this. That Jesus can give you what you need. He's your enduring hope. Verse 4 says this. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline. And don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those He loves and He punishes each one He accepts as His child. Here's the truth that man, we don't like to hear. Discipline makes us stronger runners. And I'm not talking about just running the race. Discipline makes us stronger runners. 
This past Thursday night, I'm laying in bed with Cage, and if you're new here, we have an autistic son, and I lay in the bed until he falls asleep, and uh, very, very quietly and gingerly, I sneak out of the bedroom. But as I'm laying there, I get a text from Tracy. She sends me a screenshot of the Peachtree Road Race, and with the caption underneath it, says, I want to do this. And I immediately thought, I'm not doing that. I don't want to do that. And I didn't even reply. That's good. That's being a good husband right there, isn't it? (laughs) And I'm not doing it. I'm still not doing it. We've talked about it. I'm not doing it. She she can go do it. I'll keep the kid. Go do it. All for it. I'm not. And it's not because it's on the 4th of July and it can be really hot and sweaty. And it's not because it's early in the morning. It's not because, you know what, it's probably one of the harder races I've, I've run. I don't run a lot. I don't want to endure the discipline of training. I'm going to say it right here. I don't want to do it. I don't want to be sore. I don't want to be tired. I don't want to give up the time. I like my life the way it is right now. And I don't want to do it. But I do want to run this Christian race. And I I want to run in such as a way to win. Well, if I know that's true, then discipline makes me a stronger runner. The Lord's discipline. That means submitting to and, and yielding to the Lord's discipline as part of the training. Because he's, he's more than a coach. He's our father. He's not talking about abusive discipline. He's not talking about anything like that. He wants to see us win this race. And so discipline is, is part of the training. An employer, they'll, they'll discipline an employee maybe once or twice, then they're gone because they no longer belong there. But a father, and they'll discipline their child once, twice, three times, whatever it takes in order to develop the character and in this place, the godliness. And why will a dad discipline a child over and over? Because a child belongs. A child always belongs. A father disciplines his children again and again. For for believers, discipline ought to give birth to to hope. Man, if you're going through a a season of discipline, hey, listen, that means you're not illegitimate. Man, that, that means you belong to the father. That you're a true daughter or son in the faith. And as long as we endure discipline, we have this sure hope. That we're going to reign with Christ one day as co-heirs. Now, does this make the truth that disciplinary training is easier? Not necessarily. Last Sunday, I wasn't here. You know, I called Kurt. I made the dreaded phone call. No pastor wants to get it at 9.30 at night on a Saturday. And the stomach bug had hit our house. And so... um, I just resigned myself. You know what? This is how it's going to be for the next few hours. You know? And I'll never forget, uh, sometime Sunday, I went, okay, Lord. Okay, Lord. What's going on? I want to, I want to walk you through the last 10 weeks because I, I believe I'm in a season of discipline. And I just want to walk you through the last 10 weeks. January 16th, we didn't have church because the... Uh, we thought there was a snow ice storm coming through. 
well, a tree lands on my house, my neighbor's tree lands on my house and puts holes in my house, you know. That week I catch COVID, Tracy later catch COVID. Um, then she sprains her ankle real bad. And then we, Tracy and I even joke, what could happen next week? Don't ever do that because Cage broke his leg. Then on top of this whole season, uh, he's epileptic, and so his seizures are just almost uncontrollable. And so we're going through that. And then um, we have two kids now in wheelchairs, and so going anywhere is, you know, a lot, a lot more difficult. And then two Sundays ago, I'm between services, I'm out here, and I get a text from Tracy that, you know, Cage is going to the hospital via ambulance because he's non-responsive. And then last week, the stomach bug hits her house. All in 10 weeks. And I'm like, Lord, you, you could have stopped all of it. And so I've submitted to this, and I'm yielding to this discipline, this training that I didn't, um, that I want, but I had no part of the training program. Can I tell you several things I've learned? In some ways, it's been one of the richest seasons of our life. It it has been crazy. We have laughed. We have had joy. And I'm not saying these things weren't hard. I'm not saying that at all. And listen, it's not as hard as some of the things y'all are going through. This is just my ten weeks. But it's become one of the richest seasons of our life. The, the, the thing with Cage on the ambulance, that I'll tell you what, that shook me even physically for about a week. But we've had more joy and peace than you can believe. He has shown us that his goodness always is able to outmatch life's difficulties. Always. But what he's revealed in me is my selfishness. When I look back prior to January 16th, there was a complaining spirit in me. I don't mean like an evil spirit, just I had a complaining way about it. Why can't we do this? Or why is this? So it revealed a level of selfishness in me. And it's revealed how much I depended on myself. I've embraced it. Now, has it made it easy? No. Listen to what he says here in the scripture. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening, a.k.a. stomach bug. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So I, I don't know what you might be going through. And listen, it may not be as this one. It may just be consequences of life. But God's discipline is always intended to yield fruitful results. Man, God's discipline is always intended to yield fruitful results. The, the training may hurt. Hey, the, the training may not be fun. But by you will see results. Just like the first time you had to go run, you know what, the next time you did it, you were able to run a, a little further. 
And, and a little further, listen, you'll see results. Your family will see results. Your, your friends will see the results. You'll, you'll grow in Christ-likeness. You'll grow into him who, who's our prize. And you'll reach this peaceful harvest. So endure hardship as God's discipline. As a matter of fact, as the serenity prayer says, hey, accept hardship as a pathway to peace. And his revelation of sin in our lives, and that's part of his discipline. So how do we endure this divine discipline? We throw off the sin, right? We get a running partner. We, we throw off the sin. We, we turn away from it, and we, we turn to Jesus. Because none of it works unless we turn to Jesus. None of it. No, no, no self-help book, no, no, no small group, not, not even self-help recovery. None of it works if we don't turn to Jesus. So we fix our eyes on Jesus. How? Like, Scott, that sounds good. And, and, and honestly, yeah, you know what? Several things I hear myself say during the day. Hey, I fix my eyes on you, Jesus. I, I trust you, Jesus. I, I say that out loud a couple of times. I've learned to say it a lot in the last 10 weeks. I'm fixing my eyes on you. I, I'm going to trust you. But what does it look like? Give me, give me some how-to. Again, I'm, I'm going to quote Dane Orland. It's just simple. We open a Bible. And we see Jesus walking across the pages of the Gospels. But more than that, we see him walking across the pages of all the Bible, Genesis to Revelation. For the whole Bible is a united storyline of our need for a Savior and of God's provision of one. So open up your Bible. And get good books to aid you in understanding it. Ask God to reveal himself ever more deeply to you. And ask the Father to take you into clarity about the Son and thus to be warned by the Spirit. Open up your Bible. You can go to the Eastridge app or the, the website and, and get reading plans. Open up the Bible. Start with the Gospel of John. If you don't have a plan right now, I would just say start with the Gospel of John. And read one chapter. And, and pray as you do it. Hey, hey, show me what you want me to know, Jesus. Help me understand this. Hey, reveal the truth here. But open up your Bible. And do it with other runners, so to speak. Man, my, my better man group, we're, we're reading through Proverbs this month. For, for every day of the month, you know, April 1st, we're reading through you know, chapter 1 and, and so forth. And fix your eyes on Jesus. Then let the Spirit of God convict you. Listen, we don't like words like repentance and conviction because that automatically means there's something wrong in our life. Listen, if you feel convicted by sin, that is evidence that God loves you. He is drawing you to Him. But what it takes is repentance. An admission of sin, a turning away of sin, and a turning towards Jesus. So let the Spirit of God convict you. Let the Spirit of God discipline you. Let the Spirit of God train you. And all the while, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Because He's our source of endurance. He's the only way we can have tranquility of mind as we walk through the evils and hardships of this life. So let me ask you this question. Do you feel like you're lacking endurance? 
Are you experiencing hurt? Suffering? Pain? Hardship? God's discipline? Your pain is meant to push you to Jesus. Where He endured what you and I deserve. So, church, fellow runners, fix your eyes on Jesus. He's your endurance. He's your prize. And He is definitely our hope. Father, I am drawn to your patience. Father, I I am drawn to this incredible love that you have for us. Yes, Lord, as we took communion and, and we saw the sacrifice that you made. Father, you loved us. So, Father, I pray this, God. I know many in this room are are looking for endurance. They're looking for tranquility of mind. Father, if it means this, accepting the, the hardship as discipline, then I pray, Lord, they would turn their eyes to you. Father, I pray this, God. If they're running this race by themselves, Father, they would step out in faith and invite other people to to run it with them. And Father, I know the result of all that. Lord, as we fix our eyes on you, Lord, I know the result is this. We'll have hope. Not wishful thinking, but very much a certainty, God, that you are for us. And that, Lord, with Christ, with our eyes fixed on Christ, Lord, we can enjoy you even on this earth. So, Father, I pray, God, your spirit would lead. And, Father, each person would make whatever decision you're leading them to. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.